Hi, healers. Allison here. So I want to talk to you all a little bit about one of our new sponsors, BetterHelp. I'm so excited to tell you about this online counseling platform because as a licensed therapist, I'm a huge advocate of mental health awareness and truly believe in providing affordable counseling services to anyone, anywhere. Let's face it, there's so many areas in the United States and around the world that can make it so difficult to find affordable counseling. And especially if you live in a more rural area, it can be really hard to find a counselor, which is why I love this online platform. BetterHelp is an online mental health healing platform that provides online counseling and matches you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's a professional counseling service done securely online and is available worldwide. What's even better is that there are a number of different licensed counselors who specialize in all different areas of mental health. BetterHelp makes it so easy to log on to your account at any time and contact your therapist directly. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses and can schedule as many weekly video or phone sessions as you would like. As a therapist, I know that it's not always possible to find the right therapist for your needs, especially the very first time. So BetterHelp has actually made it so easy to facilitate great therapeutic matches. And if you don't find a connection with your first counselor, there's absolutely no charge to change counselors if you ever need to. How amazing is that? And if you find that you're struggling financially, they also have financial aid available. So we have a special offer for all Anxiety Chick listeners today. Sign up now and receive 10% off your first month. Just visit betterhelp.com slash the anxiety chicks. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P slash the anxiety chicks and join over 500,000 people who are taking charge of healing their mental health with an experienced counselor today. Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Taylor. And together, we're the Anxiety Chicks. Each week, we will dive deep into a different topic about anxiety and the real-life experiences we all go through. While giving you all the top tools and tips you need for your journey to recovery. Our degrees may say therapist and dietitian, but together we are just real chicks on our own healing journeys too. Join us as we take you from panic to power and reduce the stigma of mental health. Remember, you're never alone and we're all in this together. Hi, healers. It's Allison here. So I want to tell you a little bit more about how Taylor and I got started with our podcast and the platform we've been using, which is Anchor, has been so user-friendly and so amazing. I just want to tell anyone else out there that is thinking about starting a podcast, Anchor is the way to go. First of all, it's completely free. So hello. Second of all, there's so many creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It's crazy. I'm recording this right from my phone and it literally just looks like the record button on your videos or your Instagram. So it really is such a user-friendly platform. And the coolest thing is, is you can add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes too. And the possibilities are seriously endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never even seen before. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And like I said, it's so user-friendly. I recommend Anchor. Go to anchor.fm to get started or the Anchor app. See you later, healers. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Chicks podcast. I'm Allison Sepinera. And I'm Taylor. And we are here for our next episode about the doctors. And we're so excited to talk today about um, the continuation of last week because I had said that I wanted to talk a little bit more about tips on what you can do to help if help yourself if you feel like you're scared to go to the doctors. Um, but first, I did want to say just thank you for everyone for all your amazing support for the Anxiety Chicks podcast. And 
all of the reviews that you've been leaving were so thankful that everyone is really liking our podcast and liking the episodes and more importantly, raising awareness for mental health and anxiety um, and ending the stigma of mental health. Um, if you haven't uh, rated or reviewed our podcast, we really love for you to do that and leave us five stars if you really love it a lot. Um, it really helps us get the word out there um, of our podcast, which in turn helps raise mental health awareness. And that's the main goal of why we do this. So um, anyway, how are you doing today, Taylor? I've literally been sitting here holding back a sneeze. <laughs> oh, bless you. Have you heard of people saying, um, like you say watermelon, watermelon, what? watermelon, watermelon over in your head and it goes away? It literally just worked. No. Yeah, it just oh worked. I've done it a few times and it works, but man, I know, I think you posted about this on your stories, but allergies. Oh yeah, I know. Oh. Yeah. That's, that's the been, yeah, that my allergies have been so bad. And like with my acid reflux because of my throat, I'm just like, oh, what is it today? It's my allergies, yeah. <laughs> my reflux. Okay. Awesome. Is it COVID? Like, oh my gosh, guess what? Um, so my husband's sister goes to, she goes to Pepperdine in California college mm. and, um, she has COVID. Oh my gosh. Yeah. She, she was, um, so she's on the track team and she was exposed to someone and they like put her, they like put every student in a hotel, if like or student athletes in a hotel, if they're exposed for 10 days or whatever. So she tested negative and then they put her in a hotel. And then I guess a couple days later, then she tested positive. She said yesterday was pretty rough, but she's feeling better, but just crazy. You know, like you start to feel like things so are like she doesn't getting know. more normal. Oh, what? She doesn't know, know what. She doesn't know like who she was exposed. No, she does. What happened? Like she, she was directly she exposed. Oh, she does. Yeah, she was directly uh, exposed okay, to some okay, okay. some girl on the team, and um, so that's why they quarantined okay. anyone who was exposed to that girl. But it's just like you start to oh, feel God. better about it. You know, you're like, oh, things feel a little I better, know. and then all of a sudden you like With start hearing about on. people, and like you're like, ah. Oh. It's so we'll have to do an episode on like well, I mean, listen, back. it's not as easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, you have to remember, it's not as it's it's great. What's happening is great, but just because there's these vaccines doesn't mean like oh yay, right now we're good. You know, like this is right. we're gonna have to wear masks for a little while still. Like this is right. You know, gonna be still happening. So just take precautions still, and I hope that she, you know, is recovering okay. Yeah. Just taking care of herself. So if anyone's, you know, testing positive, just make sure you take care of yourself and you quarantine yeah. and you, um, you know, just treat it like you would if you were, you know, feeling sick and make sure you're okay, you know? Yeah. It's just, just crazy. Uh, yeah. Well, I actually did get a COVID test um, when oh, I got yeah. back from Florida because that I wasn't really exposed there and I really, yeah. we didn't really do a lot, but I it's still wanted there. to do that. For for me and also my reflux, like I, you know, I just wanted to make sure, but I was, I'm negative. Um, it's like the third test I've taken, and <laughs> I, I felt good. And I'm like, okay, I knew it was my reflux. <laughs> I know with these allergies, I'm like, is it is it COVID? Is it pollen? Is it? I'm like, this this is horrible. My my allergies had been. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I mean, know. And it runs like in my family. So my mom actually yeah. had to get some, had to get shots before for allergies. But um, anyway, so I hope everyone out there is feeling healthy. <laughs> yeah. I really hope everyone is feeling healthy as they listen to this. And if they're not, we wish you well soon. Also, you're um, not alone if you have allergies. Like I know it can sometimes for people with anxiety. I remember when like I was really struggling and like I would have an allergy flare up. I would, mm. it would be the worst because I'd be like, why am I so tired? Like, why yeah. am I so worn out? Yeah. Like I would, I would randomly like fall asleep in the middle of the day because like pollen just knocks me out. Like that's one of the biggest oh side gosh, effects totally. I have of allergies is the tiredness and the draining of like yeah, mucus. But like, it's like, why am I so tired? I remember I used to think that and I was just like, oh, it must be something else. And then I'm like, okay, no, it's allergies and it always went yeah. away. It's always this time well, of and year. I don't even know actually what. It yeah, of course, because everything yeah. is like, you know, it's spring and right. at least in the United States, if you're living in Australia, I think it's winter, but or it's like getting, <laughs> but, um, 
it, the the thing for my allergies is too like I, my seasonal allergies. I don't even really know what it is I'm allergic to. What trees or you know is it pollen? Is it another type of flower? I have no idea. I just know that there could be working walking in one trail and it's worse in that trail. And then the other, I don't know. I, I could started, probably uh, get tested for that, but I don't really care. It's not that bad. So there's this website where you can type in pollen. Uh, and then your city, and you can see what's high during that day. So I started tracking days I felt more symptoms, what was higher. And for me, it was like ragweed and like grass pollen. Oh, interesting. Okay, I might yeah. need to do that. So like every time like the rag, okay. there's like juniper and like mold and whatever. But every time yeah. the like grass pollen or ragweed is high, I'm like, nope. <laughs> I'm like, I wake up runny okay, nose. That's really, what's that website? Just type in on Google, type in pollen in like your city. Oh, okay. Okay. And it'll, it'll be like, it's like pollen.org or something, or like, I think it it might even be on the weather channel, a little section where they show like, there's so many cool things on the weather channel, like levels of like air quality and like, should you go on a walk today and like stuff like that. It's actually really cool. Well, I think it's so funny that they have an entire channel dedicated to the weather. Like, I, I want to meet someone who just watches the weather channel all the time. <laughs> I think it's so interesting that there's a channel that's just about the weather all the time. It's just like, I guess knowing that stuff is good. But I'd be like, oh, it's sunny out now. But maybe later <laughs> it won't be. Right. Um but anyway, I think this is a really good segue because if anyone is experiencing allergies or not feeling well and either has an appointment for the doctors coming up or is thinking about wanting to make one and maybe was a little too nervous to do it or, you know, does get scared about going to the doctors, we have some really good tips today on what you can do if you're feeling a little bit more anxious about going. Um, so I did a little bit of research and there were some really great tips from a lot of different areas, but I found one article that I really loved from Healthline and they give a, they give seven ways to combat doc, combat doctor office anxiety. And all of these were actually something that I try and do already, which is so interesting. Um, but I'll just like go through them and hopefully some of them work for you. And Taylor, I want to want to see your response because I know you talked a lot about how that was a major thing for you, you know, like eventually like going to the doctor a lot and then being nervous about if the doctor's even going to help you because you have bad experiences with doctors before, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely uh, listen to part one before you listen to this one. Yes. Yeah. Go back and and because we uh, talk all about that. To the yeah. last episode, yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm ex- I'm gonna go go through these, and I, I'm curious to see if you if any of these helped you too, Taylor. Um, so, okay, so the first one that is helpful, I will say that I'm gonna tell you about is actually really helpful for me, um, and I'll tell you why after I say it. So the first one is schedule at a good time of the day or week. So. When scheduling a time to see your doctor, consider the ebbs and flows of your own stress levels throughout the day or the week. So, for example, if you tend to have anxiety more like in the morning, maybe you're not going to want to take that, you know, 8 a.m. appointment because it's open, right? Unless, you know, you really have to. So maybe you want to schedule like an afternoon appointment or something instead. Um, So for me, I know that is actually something that I already do. I know that if I have a doctor's appointment in the morning, I will leave a couple hours after that before I actually have to see clients and stuff. And I know this might not be possible for a lot of people that have to take off work and go and, you know, but everyone, you know, hopefully does get some, some medical time off, you know, sick time for their job. But I just think I, I know that I do need a little bit of time before and after an appointment. Is that the same kind of for you too? Or what do you think? No. So it's actually funny. I, every time I book an appointment, I'm like, give me the earliest appointment because it's like, I get there, you know, like when you're almost like you wake up and you immediately go somewhere, you're almost still sleeping. You're like blacked out kind of like you're in that like still sleeping. So it's like, I'm so like almost like out of it. I don't even have time to be anxious because I have to get there. So it's almost like I, I make my appointment as early as possible to where I have to like get out of bed and just get there. So like my only thing to worry about is getting there on time. And then when I'm in the doctor's office, 
it's like I'm so like still tired that by the time I leave, it's like it was a blur. Like this really works. I'm not kidding. Well, wow. So you're more like, I want to get this over with. I'm going to do it in the morning. Get oh, over I, with, yeah. Kind of I don't want to spend the whole day thinking about it. Absolutely not. Or, okay, here's my thing. If I have something, I'm really bad about this. This this is uh, this is probably a reason, a reason I don't like afternoon appointments. When I have something scheduled, like an appointment or, uh, yeah, an appointment later on in the day, I have a really hard time focusing on my current tasks before that appointment of any kind. Like it's like I my my day will revolve around that one point one appointment even if it's at 6 right. p.m. It's like I need to get all this stuff done, but it's like I get so anxious about making sure I get to that appointment on time that I'm like it ruins my day. So I like to just get things over with. So it's like okay, the rest of the day I I don't have to like there's nothing I need to go do, like go to. So your your anxiety about the appointment is is more related to getting there on time and less about actually like the why you're going. Um well I would say it's why I'm going. So that's why I go early to where I'm almost just out of it. Like I'm like a seven thirty okay. AM, eight AM. So person. going early to the appointment makes you feel more in control. Yeah. I, I think I just I cause I I okay. I worry about what people okay I worry about it being someone's business and I don't want to disrupt their business by showing up late. And so I will make sure always I'm punctual to, to appointments. So that anxiety overrides any other anxiety of what ifs, if that makes sense. Okay, interesting. So it's like I I want to make so sure that's there on time. So I think so that's what's so so it's good. So you do schedule it at a time when you know that you are rushing. You want to like you when no, when you do not rushing, but you want to have the time when you know you can get there. You're not rushing, right? Like no, you I have am rushing. Yeah, but how does rushing help with anxiety? I would be like it, it having panic attacks out, if no. I was it blocks out the health anxiety fears. So like if I'm going uh, to the doctors, it's like I no. don't have well, time to worry about my either. <laughs> <laughs> but I know what you mean. Your poison, Allison. But, but, you know, beggars can't be choosers. I guess. Yeah, yeah, come on. Hey, at least I get there. Got it. <laughs> okay, no, seriously. And, and after so much of what you've been through with all your health anxiety, I think, well, no, but I think that's what we said, right? Schedule at a good time of the day or a week and you know when yeah. your time is. That it works for you. And I think right. that's great. So <laughs> I think anyone listening that that's a good, that's an actually a really good tip. So think of different days and times of the week that you feel like maybe your stress level will be a little bit less. Um, okay. The second one is take a fa a friend or family member with you. So bringing along a supportive family member or a friend to an appointment can ease anxiety in a lot of different ways. Uh, so not only can a loved one serve as comforting presence and distract you from your fears with friendly conversation, but they offer another pair of eyes and ears to advocate for your care or catch important details you might miss in your stressed out state. Um, I personally believe that for me, this is something that I like to have because I, I do self-advocate for myself pretty well. I feel like I do, but it is nice to sometimes have a second set of eyes or ears if you – I'm talking again with COVID. I don't know if that's allowed a lot now, but before then um, – it's, you know, I kind of really, I liked to have my mom there usually when I was, but I brought my sister sometimes and sometimes I'll, it'll be really nice to just have someone there with me, honestly. But I will say recently I haven't wanted my mom there because I recognize that she actually gives me more anxiety. <laughs> so sorry, mom, if you're listening, I love you so much. But with the health stuff, you know, some of my health anxiety is connected to, you know, my mom's own anxiety about her health. So a lot of times it's actually better, you know, and this goes well with knowing your boundaries, you guys, and the people that kind of can trigger that for you a little bit. Um, obviously, I love her and she's such a support in different ways. But for that specific thing, I know that maybe she's not the best person to come with me. So I have a couple other people, but I feel like it helps me. I don't know. Does it help you if someone comes with you or do you, do you like that? Not 
When you have extreme health anxiety and your parents always pull aside the doctor beforehand and say, just letting you know, like, this is our fifth doctor's appointment. Um, She has anxiety. And no one takes you seriously. So it's like, yes, I I feel more comfortable like going with like, okay, so like my my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, he would go to the cardiologist with me. And that helped because he wasn't one to like speak up and be like, she has anxiety. But my mom and dad like love them so much, but they would literally have conversations with the whole doctor facility behind my back and be like, she has anxiety. Like just, we just need her to calm down here. Like, and one time the doctor came in and was like, okay, your dad says you struggle with like some anxiety. So this is very common. And I'm like, no, like take me seriously. Don't see me as that. So yes and no. Now? Yeah. Well, um, yeah. I don't know about now. I self-advocate really well now. So I don't know. Good. Good. Well, and that's kind of, yeah. I mean, I, I think what I was saying was kind of connected to what you were saying as far as there are certain people that it might not be the best person in yeah. that, you know, appo- that specific appointment to be with you. Um, but, you know, if I think a support, a support person that does not do those things, right. that is there to kind of just really advocate for you and lets you kind of say what you Absolutely. need to say can be really healing. So, um, I know. Listen, girl, I'm the same. I actually just had a doctor's appointment a couple of days ago with a new holistic doctor who it was amazing. He actually gave me a bunch of supplements to, to try, but, um, and my mom came with me and, and it's funny because this appointment, I actually wanted her to come because I wanted her to learn from this doctor more about holistic health. She is very, very about Western medicine, which again is is something I support too. Um, but but I wanted to educate her a little bit more on a holistic perspective. And I've tried, but she what, really doesn't. What is her? <laughs> what? Why is she? Does she almost like not believe it? Or listen, it's it's really hard with. Um, now I'm I'm quite older than you. So like 15 years older than you. So my parents are like in their seventies and that generation still is, is learning a lot about whole, and, I, and I'm talking from, you know, I don't know if people from around the world that listen to us, but as far as the United States, we're a Western, you know, we believe in Western medicine and, um, Eastern medicine is becoming more prevalent now and people are learning about it. But my parents don't know about it. They're just uneducated. It's not because they don't want to. And that's actually why I wanted my mom to come with me because I think she likes to learn about this stuff. But where would they, where would they learn about it unless someone told them about it? Like they're not going online. My parents hardly even know how to use technology, honestly. Oh, wow. So, um, I wanted her to learn a little bit more about holistic health and she did. And it was so great. And so I'm so happy. So in that sense, she wasn't necessarily, I felt like I wanted to like I asked her if she could just let me speak the whole time. And then she asked her own questions and I was very happy. So um, anyway, I digress. So, okay, let's go into the third one. Okay. So this is something that you probably have heard about anxiety in general that helps. And of course, this is scientific and it's something that I uh, talk about all the time on my page. I know you do too, um, but controlling your breathing practicing breath work either before the appointment or maybe in the waiting room um and you know trying to really recognize that there are certain breathing exercises that can help you through so um you know it it talks about how when we're stressed we may not necessarily be conscious of our breathing a lot of times unless we're like in this really, really panicked state and we're like, oh my gosh, I can't breathe. But when we're becoming highly anxious, breathing becomes shorter and shallower and it can perpetuate the anxiety cycle. And so trying to invoke the relaxation response with breathing exercises can be really, really helpful. So they talk specifically in this article about a breathing technique I love called the 478 technique. Have you ever tried that before? Yes. There's so many um, different ones. There's so many. This is one that's that I think has been probably most well known um, in all the different types of social media. Um, 
But basically, you breathe in for four seconds, you hold for seven seconds, and then you breathe out for eight seconds. Sometimes holding it that long is a little bit too hard for people. So I always, I like to actually hold my breath for like three seconds. So I'll breathe in for four, hold for about three seconds, and then breathe out for eight. Breathing, the most important thing that you want to do, I mean, the numbers don't necessarily matter as much, but the most important thing is that your exhalation is like half as long as your inhalation. You always want your exhale to be a lot longer than your inhale. Um, so, and you want to try and really breathe from your belly and not, and in your diaphragm and not your chest. So, um, breath work is really helpful. So, I don't know—is that something that you you find helpful too, or? I don't. Not really at appointments. Um, I, I I think that's something I should. It's definitely something people should bring with them to the doctor because I I just think I've just never thought about it. I don't really get mm-hmm. anxious at the doctors anymore. So, well, it's a yeah, good thing. Hello, that's great. <laughs> but but back in the day, awesome. I didn't even know about breath work. So, like when I was yeah. struggling yeah. so bad, there was I was so irrational. I don't even think you could have got me to breathe. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like well, the so, person so who comes through the door. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. What were you saying? Oh, I was like the person who comes through the door and they're like, get her to a trauma bed because I was like acting so traumatic. Yeah. I like don't no, remember you were, ever you were waiting. at the, that heightened state. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And yeah, when, you're, so. when you're at that heightened state, I mean, I even talk about this a lot with the cognitive behavioral work I do. Um you know, breath work and breathing exercises and not necessarily something that's going to like it it's not going to be so healing for you when you're literally at a level nine or ten on your anxiety scale and you're going to the ER. Yeah. Your your brain is already spiraling. It's going to take you a long time to get out of that spiral. Breath work is really when you are at this, you know, on a scale from one to ten. And when you're at that three, four, your your anxiety level's going higher to a five, six, like that's when you want to practice breath work. It's going to really bring you back, back down. Um Breath work is for me one of the most healing things. I even with my acid reflux, I talk about this on my page. Being able now, I'm really mindfully eating. You probably talk about mindful eating with your clients all the time. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely and essentially They're anxious what, eaters. Yep, essentially what we that are means. All anxious slowing. Eaters. Yep, slowing down my my eating, not eating so fast, taking smaller bites and chewing. Actually, like I've been, I count my chews sometimes to make sure I'm chewing my food, and I take deep breaths in between every bite. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And that's when I'm having like a really big, big flare up. It's not, you know, but mindfully eating is so amazing. It's made me really like love food more too, you know. All right. Next one that they talk about is, well, okay. The way that they say it is trying self-hypnosis, but essentially what they mean is meditating. So I what what it says is either while you're in the waiting area, if you feel you're kind of anxious, if you know, I'm sure everyone has their smartphone. I talk about Insight Timer all the time or the Calm app. Have a five-minute, um, two to five-minute meditation. Bring some headphones while you're waiting in the waiting room and just do open the app and just do a two to five-minute meditation. Yeah, absolutely. Bring some headphones. Distract yourself. Yeah, yeah. And it's so, you know, meditation, you know, the kind of guided meditation too can be so helpful just for two to five minutes while you're waiting there. You just close your eyes and you have someone guiding you to with your breathing and stuff. Um, okay. And then this one might be easier said than done, <laughs> but it says mentally prepare ahead. It's like, um, I think I've been doing that my entire life, mentally preparing for doctor's appointment. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> I'll see. I'll tell you what it says. So it says coping with medical anxiety isn't necessarily limited to your time in the office, like the doctor's office. Prior to an appointment, set yourself up for emotional success with a bit of mindfulness meditation, which we kind of talked about. And then, but they say specifically try meditating on positive affirmations. So, um, you know, some affirmations they give are, um, I am the keeper of my own health. 
So that might be a mantra that you say to yourself. I'm a, I'm the keeper of my own health or I'm at peace no matter what. I'm peace no matter what. Um, or, you know, you're in the waiting room waiting there, right? And in that moment, you're completely safe, right? So you might say, I'm safe in this moment right now. Right now I am safe. So kind of repeating some of those things. What do yeah, you think about I, I do. Um, I used to do inhale, um, inhale, inhale health, exhale sickness. And like, I would do that with a deep breath. And honestly, like, I like almost believe, like I, I did believe it. <laughs> I love that. I think that's yeah. great. Yeah. Take a you deep just breath. to yourself. And that's. Breathe in health, exhale sickness. Breathe Every in time. health, exhale sickness. And that incorporates the breath work in there too. Mm-hmm. That's great. It's like a two for one. Uh, okay. I like the waiting room one. I am safe here. Like literally think about it. When you're in a waiting room, like you're in the safest place in the world. You go down and you're right there. Yeah. And I mean, the truth is that that's one of my favorite mantras because I say that wherever I am, because literally in the moment, I am safe where I am. I'm safe right yeah, there, truly. you know, yeah. when I'm there. So, okay. Number six is be honest about your anxiety. So it says, you've made a doctor's appointment to talk about the state of your health and mental health is part of that picture. A good practitioner wants to know how you're feeling and how it affects you when you're in their presence. Being honest about your worries promotes better relationship with your doctor, which will only lead to less anxiety and better care. Plus, simply coming clean about how you're feeling can break the tension and bring stress back to a manageable level. Okay, I just read that verbatim, right? Which is interesting because that is not always true. That frustrates me. Yeah. Yeah, that literally frustrates me because I feel like the second you go in and you're honest about your anxiety, they disregard you. And I've Not literally always. done this. I've I done this want- and was handed a prescription. It was like, right. what the heck? I wouldn't – I don't think your primary care doctor is the – unless that – I don't know. I don't feel like your primary care doctor is the one who should per se – I don't know. I, I don't know. I think that's something you talk about with someone who knows mental health like the back of their hand. Yeah, well, and uh, I will say that, you know, obviously it's not a, not every single doctor is like that. There are amazing, amazing doctors that I I have been around that I have talked about my anxiety and they are so compassionate and caring and they are are not just automatically like, here, take this. They are very, you know. I've um, never met one. I met a nurse, that one nurse I talked about. I've never met one doctor. Nurses are like heroes. Yeah. Um, Angels. That's such a shame. Well, of course, you're going to have these these terrible thoughts about that then if you haven't met one that's so no sad. and i've been to so many like like mean doctors that like the second they the second you reveal your anxiety it's like you are wasting their time it's like you need to be on this medication and you need to just shut up like it's like why are you not starting the, i remember this one doctor he wrote me a medication i came back um I can't remember. And he was like, why didn't you start it? He was like, I told you to come back after you started it. I'm like, dude, you looked at me for five minutes, literally. And I told you that I worry about my health and I have panic attacks. And you wrote me a prescription. You have no idea who I am. You don't know me. You talked to oh me for five gosh, minutes. Right, like, right, yeah. uh, I was like, my relationship they only with doctors know symptoms is- of what you... Yeah, yeah, they know pharmacology where it's like, if, if a patient is experiencing XYZ, prescribe X... You know what I mean? It's like it's an equation every time. And it's like yeah. what they didn't understand is I was voicing my my relationship with doctors from the beginning, prescribing me a birth control that is so life-threatening, literally causes strokes in young women and not even testing my blood. or at, Literally, I got on this birth control in one day. This doctor did not know me. I never saw him again. So that was like my first, like that was when I was in high school. So that was my first red flag that was like, why would they give me that? Like back then I didn't think about it, but I was just like, why would they put me on such a extreme birth control just for acne without asking me anything? So that, that happened. Then I got put on ADHD medication. So freaking easy, literally talked to this doctor and they were like, can you not focus in class? And I'm like, no, I can't focus in class. And then it was, it was just like, I got this medication way too easy. Like it was just way too easy. And then like the abuse of it being a perfectionist, like 
I mean, I would go back and be like, oh, yeah. this this milligram isn't working anymore. And so then they'd give me a higher milligram. And it was the perfectionist in me that was like, work harder, do better, do more. And so I would I was on this higher milligram that made me do that. So then that gave me negative side effects and extremely messed with my mental health. And it's like, I felt like no one cared about right. me as an individual because I was just a number. I was just a, a patient that they saw walking out the door and they were like, Taylor, are you here? And then they came out to the waiting room, Sarah. And then they came out to the waiting room, John. It was like back to back to back. Like everywhere you go, think about how many names they come in and call out while you're waiting yeah. in that waiting room. You are yeah. literally, you have to advocate for They're yourself. Like, Just try this. Try this. Try this. Yeah. Tell me how it works. Yeah. It's like, you don't well, care I- about how I feel when I go home. Right. Yeah. Well, and you know, I, I I can imagine even just hearing that from you and I'm not you just hearing that experience. Actually, I'm having like a physical response to that. Like that makes me like physically feel sick hearing that, that your, that was your experience. And I'm sure so many people listening. Do you want to know how I feel? Allison, I feel like if you go to a primary care doctor and you – so this is how I see it. A primary care doctor should look at your overall health. Let's take your blood work. Let's run a full panel, your cholesterol, all of that. That's that's a primary care doctor. You are you have an illness. Uh, you have the flu. You have uh, something. Like let's give you that. If I come to you and I say I'm really struggling with anxiety, they should look at me and say – we know that and, and say medication is the route I want to take. They should say, here is this profound psychiatrist that we know that we would love to send you to to get yeah. further evaluation. I did not even take those paper exams. Mm-hmm. The tests you know that you do, that you fill out, they have those tests, the psychology mm-hmm. tests. Mm-hmm. When I got these medications, yeah. I did not take the exam. But that's like coming to a dietitian and saying, um, hey, this leg is kind of sore. Uh, what are some uh, stretches I can do at home? And me prescribing this patient stretches. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like I know that you yeah. writing this prescription gives you a back, like a, uh, uh, what is it? What do you get? You get paid for writing this prescription. Every time you yeah, write a prescription, they get a, yeah. So it's like, if you truly feel something is wrong with me, refer me out to mm-hmm. someone that you guys trust and have a treatment team. You should always have a treatment team, guys. Your your healthcare 100%. should be a treatment team. If you are struggling with stomach issues, you should have an endo an endo doctor. And if you don't have an endo doctor, why are you just seeing your primary care doctor for stomach issues? Cuz I've done that too. I went to a, a this was when I had anxiety. I went to my primary care doctor that he this doctor told me I had gastritis and they never even did an endo on me. They just looked oh, at me gosh, and said, oh, no. that sounds like gastritis. I left with a, with a protonics that day prescription. I did not fill it because I was like, they don't know me. But it just it, – it always put a, just a, a thought in my mind. So it's just like this is what I want to say to anyone listening. Advocate for yourself. If you go to a doctor and, you, and they, um, they say, we think this is what is wrong with you and they never ran a test or never referred you to a specialist, they should be your resource for a specialist. So you ask them – who is someone you guys recommend or how, or, or where can I get information to find a specialist for this to like, know that I know that I know that this is the problem. I should have gotten an endo. Granted it was acid reflux can I, from, can I tell you? Yes. I, I want to, so I want to actually give a resource right now because as interesting as this might sound, and I say the interesting because I don't know how you guys are going to react to this suggestion. But I will tell you that mo- all of who seen, I've seen in my team, my clinical team of doctors, I see, you know, an acupuncturist. I see a holistic doctor now, a functional medicine doctor. See, um, I see because I, on my own, and again, I have more knowledge than some people because I'm a holistic yeah. psychologist. So, um, you know, People that don't necessarily have access to other resources might not know this, which is a shame too. Like they're not, they don't have access to it. So personally, I would go on Facebook and if you have community pages, so for example, I went to um, my like Montgomery County women, moms, 
thing. I'm not even a mom, but I just, you know, know moms know a lot of stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, I went to a mom's page and I literally typed in, I was so sick of all the doctors and everything and not getting answers about my health. And I said, does anyone know of a functional medicine doctor or a naturopath doctor in our area that takes insurance? Because mm-hmm. a lot of them don't. No, yeah. And I got so many responses. And honestly, I trusted those people in that Facebook group Absolutely. More, than, more than who my doctor would refer me to. Yeah, you're, you're very I trusted correct. those people in the Facebook group more than my doctor I've seen for 15 years who referred me to a GI specialist that I did not like. So, well, and I, because and I you know they get referrals. Friend. What? They get referral bonuses. I knew it had to be something like that. I knew yeah. it because when this happened again, I was referred to the same person, the same yeah. GI doctor. And I'm like, I'm not going there again. And I went on a Facebook group and I said, does anyone know of a good GI specialist in this area? And that's where I found it. Yeah. I'm telling you, these Facebook community groups, people want to help other people know and they give you the real answer. Someone will yes, be like, do not go Because they're real there. people. Yes. They're yes. real people who've been through real stuff and they have no, there's no bias. Like they are not getting a kickback. They're no. just people who have struggles as well. But it's just like, you're correct. You are so educated to know that you need a team. You need a doctor, but you also yeah. need a doctor who's willing to see you from a natural side. It's like, most people don't know that. I didn't know that back in the day. I just thought that like, oh my gosh, this is a doctor. They oh. know everything. They're so smart. When I found out that doctors take one nutrition class, intro to nutrition, yet they tell people to lose weight. It's just mind blowing to me. And they tell, I had this, I think I've heard of this one doctor. What? What'd you say? I don't know. No, I was just, I want to hear about that because I don't know about any of the type of education that, you know, there's so many different types of doctors. It's like, yeah, and they'll prescribe a diet or something to, oh, you need to cut out white starchy carbs. What? 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 It's just like, I and I listen, guys. I this might sound like I'm just like anti doctors. I am not. I think each doctor, each doctor serves a purpose, but it's like one doctor can't be Mr. Fix It, like he can't fix your whole body and know everything. And especially a family practice doctor that is a doctor you go to for yearly checkups, your physicals, you go to when you are sick, um, and you go to to keep your stats all together, but they should not be treating you for when you're having a severe symptom they should not be listening to your heart and saying like uh you know what that's the one thing that they've always referred out to is like if they if you're having heart problems they'll be like okay here's this cardiologist i that is one um but like i i'm still in shock about the stomach thing like (laughs) i think you're struggling with a little gastritis it's like what like that is a big diagnosis skippy and you know what the average person would have went home and taken that medicine because it's a doctor, right? They know totally. everything. No. Yeah. So uh-huh. I love your idea. I love no. that tip so, about the Facebook page. Genius. I do that. I got my dermatologist from a Facebook good. group. I Yeah. Yes. I will say that. And, and honestly, I think I need to share that on my on my Instagram now that I think about it. I, I don't – I want to say that Absolutely. now to, to um, my community because – yeah, like that's actually in the past couple of years how I found these amazing practitioners. Right, right. And so to be honest, um, you know, this number six, be honest about your anxiety. The the person that wrote this article does say a good practitioner wants to know how you're feeling. And so a good practitioner does want to know that. They want to know all about your health, not just physically. They want to know that and they want to they, they come from a place of compassion and not just treating a symptom. You know so what? whoever you work with, like whoever's listening, whoever you see, whether it's a medical doctor or even any type of person that you're paying for something, you know, do they come from a place of compassion? Do they feel like they're actually seeing you, like listening to you? It's a good way to measure if they're going to be good to, you know, have as someone in your, you know, team. <laughs> You know what? That goes back to your face, the Facebook thing, asking who knows of a good doctor that truly like has taken care of your family. They, um, you know, I think that's a great idea. Really hears you. Really really hears you. Yeah. Doesn't just treat you you out. Yes. Nothing is worse than when you're sitting like with 
your doctor and like they rush you out. Like you can feel it. You can feel the vibes of like, I got to go. Or like when they come in and they're like, sorry, you've been waiting so long. We're busy today. It's like that just that right there is just like you don't care about me. Like I feel like that. I feel that feeling. Can I tell you? Well, and guess what? I mean, I'm in the healthcare field and let me just tell you how many people have called me um, recently looking for psychiatric services. I'm not a psychiatrist. A psychiatrist is someone that can is goes to medical school and specializes yeah. in psychology, but also psychopharmacology, so can um, prescribe medication. But asking me if I know a good psychiatrist or asking, telling me stories of people never calling them back, yeah. therapists and psychiatrists not calling them back, being so rude to them, saying like, no, we can't, sorry, just being so short with them. And I'm talking to this one woman. I said, I'm so sorry that no one ever, ever, you know, just stopped and took 10 minutes out of their day to actually see if they had someone they knew that could help them, even if it's right. not going to work. And so I, I couldn't even, this woman just had questions. She just, I don't even know how she found me. She didn't, she didn't need me for therapy or anything. The woman already had a therapist. And I said, let me try and see who I can find. And I sent her all of these resources. It took me about five minutes. Five minutes out of your day to be a good human. Out of human. my day to just send her some resources that she didn't know what to do. And she felt so lost. I felt so bad. And I go, please call me if you ever need more help with this, because no one should ever feel like they're just, they don't matter. No. And so I, I, I have felt that so many times. I have truly felt. And when you have anxiety, you already question people, you know, like you already have trust issues. If you like with doctors, if you struggle yeah. with health anxiety. Yeah. So it's like, you're not right. making anything better for me. Like you're just making, you're validating that like, I can't trust anyone and I can only trust Google and doing my own research. And that's why I go home and I Google because I don't feel yeah. like I get the right answers from you. Google, no, stop it. Don't even no, put I'm, that into their brains right I'm now. Saying, I'm saying that's don't why I would, Google, you guys. that's why I would Google is because I felt like I never got answers because I felt rushed out and I'm a people pleaser. Oh, right, yeah. So I'm not going to sit there me. and take someone's time if I feel like they don't want to talk to me. So it's like, oh, I'm clearly you can see I'm very passionate about this, but it's just like, ah, oh, it's frustrating, Allison. But I love I think the best no. tip of the day so far is the Facebook group, because it's like those are people who have been to all these doctors. And you know what the best part is, is when like, because I asked who knows, a, I need to get my yearly skin exam and listen to this. I went to this dermatologist and I swear to you, every single mole on my body, she wants to take as a biopsy and every single one came back as like precancerous. And I'm like, there's absolutely no way. And then I read this thing that said uh, that this company or this uh, dermatologist facility does this to a lot of people. And so then I, came, I went to the Facebook group and I was like, who knows a good dermatologist? And you know what? There was like eight in a row of the same place. And I'm like, right there. And yes, the same exactly. doctor's name. I'm like, look at that. That's what you want. Why do all eight of those people yes. love and rave about this doctor? And it's like, there's a reason. People don't say they love someone if they don't love them. So I, I truly think your Facebook group of your community, I know we have one for my neighborhood. Like it's just, it's, and and like you said, moms are aggressive. Like they are on Facebook. They are typing away and they will they will say if something is bad. Like moms are your best resources. They are on top of it. Yes, totally. Yeah. So if there's, moms are the that, best. I, I like that. I want to bring back the healing. I want to bring back the healing tip of the week. That's it. Go yeah, to Facebook, there you go. Your local Facebook group. Oh my gosh. Okay. So this last one is, um, is interesting because I don't necessarily get anxious about this specific thing. I want to hear if you do, but the number sec seven, um, tip is to have your vitals taken last. So like your blood, your blood pressure, you know how you go and they put that thing around your arm and they squeeze it hard. That's like they take your blood pressure and they, you know, take your heart rate with the thing and stuff. Um, it says here that sometimes doing that in the beginning of the, it can make you really anxious already, like having that taken. So maybe waiting until, you know, you talk to the doctor a little bit and you tell them what's going on and then have them do it might be more helpful. I don't, again, I don't get anxious when they take blood pressure. I actually like when they do it, like the pressure of it on my arm feels really good. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> um, but I also never really had high blood pressure. So I guess I don't necessarily feel so anxious about the vitals being taken. I feel more anxious when I start like talking about what's going on with me. So I don't know. What, what about you? Oh, 
I mean, waiting in the waiting room, it's extreme anxiety. So by the time I get into the room, I I have very low blood pressure, but when I was struggling with severe panic disorder, it was high every single time at the doctor. High heart rate, high blood pressure. So yes, I would that I think that's the best tip ever. However, I'm pretty sure it's a liability. That's why they take it in the oh, beginning. Like they have to do it in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. It's a, oh, like they have to make sure you're really? healthy enough. Yeah, because they can't they can't examine you. Oh, that they, makes sense. Yeah. Like if you're if your blood pressure is like two hundred over one eighty, I mean, you need to go to the ER. You know what I mean? Like it's like that's why when you go to the that's dentist, they point. take your blood pressure before they start working on you. Like that's a great tip though. If you can ask your doctor and they're willing to, I would I definitely calm down I was by the say- end of the appointment. I've heard, I've heard, I've heard people tell me that there are do- their doctors would do that if they asked them. I mean, I guess it depends on the relationship you have with your doctor. Yeah, yeah. That there would, there are doctors that would say it's okay. Yeah. To do that, maybe not every single time, but um, if they know also that that's maybe something that you you get anxious about, obviously that's like a whole another layer of things that are happening with you. If that's something you know, you obviously struggle maybe with a little bit of anxiety about your health. So who knows? But I, yeah, I think that's a good tip if you, if you feel like maybe you want to try and ask your doctor for that and see how it goes. But that's a great tip. I would have loved that. But I remember when I, when I worked clinically, um, we had to, we had to take their blood pressure before working with them because like if they were to pass out or like something bad in your presence, you have to have that documentation that they were healthy before you worked on them or whatever. Not that I was like doing surgery on people, but <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, you say that, that makes total sense to me. I can see that, but insurance is psycho, um, you know. So yeah, those are, oh, please. I, I, that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> um, but anyway, those are some of the tips that if you, that, that could be able to be helpful if you're, um, have a doctor's appointment coming up. I think those were pretty good. Yeah, no, I do too. I agree. My favorite was vitals at the end and then Facebook group. If a doctor yeah. would would like, listen, homie, like I've got anxiety. Like, can we please take these at the end? I think if you have that kind of relationship, I think it would work out. Yeah. Like yeah. if they know you're a healthy individual, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think also, you know, like being able to kind of have some affirmations or mantras to say to yourself when you're in the oh, waiting yes. room and on your way to the appointments and doing some breath work and just making sure that your appointment is at a time when you feel the least anxious throughout the day, if you know when that is, can be really helpful. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I really liked it. I liked I talking too. about these I did tips. too. And I hope that, you know, if you do have uh, things coming up that it's okay for you and that everybody's healthy and that, you know, that we're all in this together, which is a huge reason we do this. So, um, all right. Until next time. Thanks, Taylor. And we will talk to you guys soon. Happy healing. Bye, friends. Hi, healers. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Anxiety Chicks with Taylor and I. As always, you can find us on Instagram. You can find me, Allison Sepinera, as the Anxiety Healer and Taylor as health underscore anxiety. And as always, you can check out the Anxiety Healing School. I just dropped a new course called When Panic Attacks, Triggers That Create Fear and How to Overcome Them all about overcoming your anxious triggers and finding more awareness on what contributes to your anxious thoughts and giving you all the tools on how to overcome them. Uh, It's a self-paced course, and if there's any struggle with finances, there's a payment plan available as well, so go to theanxietyhealingschool.com to check that out, and as always, go to peakofpanic.com to check out updates about Taylor's blog and her journal she's coming out with. Thanks, everyone. Happy healing. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.